This is Coffee and Camino, and I'm Luke Mills. afternoon pilgrims my name is Luke Mills and I'm here with another episode of Coffee and Camino and today I am with Diana and Jeff March we are in the Manhattan apartments here in Rose Lane in Melbourne and I'd have to say as a Melbourneer, it's very new to me but we're staying in a lovely little hotel here whilst Diana and Jeff are visiting town good afternoon to both of you hello <laughs> Good. Well, we we got in touch with one another just by some other way. We were communicating about other Caminos and things like that, and you let me know that you were coming down to the city. So it was a really great time to catch up with you today. And um, we, I wanted to talk to you about some one of your or all of your many uh, Caminos that you have done um, over the last couple of years since two thousand and thirteen. But going way back early on in the piece, even before you went out on your first Camino, what actually inspired you to go in the first, and when did you first hear about this Camino business? Yeah, it was, it was probably me. I had a work colleague, I was a lecturer at TAFE, and I had a work colleague who had done the Camino about 10 years prior. And from the moment she told me about it, I filed it away. And then because we were both in education, Jeff and I were both in education, we had to wait for an appropriate time to do it. Yeah. So I decided my 60th birthday would be an appropriate time to do it. And so our first Camino was in 2013 and we walked across Spain. <laughs> yes, I can see. And Jeff, what, you, you, were you caught up in the Camino spirit as well? Yeah, it's a baggy change one. <laughs> <laughs> no, for me it was a challenge. I did it for a challenge. I'm not a religious person. Yeah. And so I just wanted to prove I could do it. Mm-hmm. And uh, when I came back, I realised I could do anything. It had such a profound effect on me. And did you classify yourself as walkers prior to this? Hikers? No, not no. really, no, no. We walked for fitness, I suppose you'd say that. Um, but not as a, as a hiker. We didn't commit to going, you know, on daily walks or weekly walks before. Um, I did some with when I was a cub leader, but um, nothing like what this was going to challenge me. Yeah, and, and so did you prepare yourselves well for that? Yeah. Or did you know what you were getting yourself into? We knew the distance, and we are regular walkers. We would probably walk daily or seven kilometres just for our daily walk. Um, but we live in very flat terrain. I mean, flat, flat terrain. And when you say, did we prepare? We prepared in that we covered those distances of 20 k's a day. What we discovered quite early that we weren't prepared for was the inclines and declines yeah, in those yeah. very early mountainous um, yeah. you know, regions. And we had had no practice really. So. That was challenging. It was challenging for me because I'm not very good at going uphill. 
Right. Yeah, well, maybe there's not too many hills where you came from. No. Well, actually, I was um, interested. Now, just paint a little picture about where you come. It's quite a well-known part of the country, I suppose, uh, from the Riverland in South Australia. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, we're on the River Murray. I mean, it's a really picturesque part of the country. Um, we're primarily a region of vineyards. Um, when I was a child, because I grew up there, uh, it was a more of a, a fruit bowl. We had a lot of uh, citrus, a lot of stone fruit. Um, that landscape's changed quite a lot now. Because I always remember Berry as being the place where the orange juice yeah. came from. Yeah. Is that still the case? No. Not very no, no. no. It's not. Um, and in fact, on our flight over, we got a, a little serve of berry orange juice and were horrified to th think it was oh. packaged in Australia, made of totally imported oh. ingredients. Oh, Is it really good? Like <laughs> yeah. Um, it was. It really disgusted us, and I'd love to take it up with somebody because Qantas, uh, no, it was Virgin actually. Um, you know, it's putting that as berry orange juice. Yeah. But anyway, the yes. the manufacturing part of that left Australia. Uh, buried quite some time ago. Okay, right. So now vineyards there and other um, vineyards. fruits. Okay. Vineyards now it's almonds, mm -hmm. a lot of almonds, mm -hmm. uh, pistachios. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's the climate changing. Right, yeah. So just back to the Camino. So I was also quite uh, taken with, well, surprised really, I suppose, by the mountainous things. I thought, oh, once we overcome the, the Pyrenees, it'll be all flat from there, you know. But it was, um, I wasn't really prepared for that either. It's quite hilly, certainly for yeah. the first couple of hundred kilometres, isn't it? Yeah. And see, we, first unlike you, because I believe you started in uh, St. John, uh, and we didn't. We started on the Spanish side of the Pyrenees, and we were glad after we'd seen so many people come over the mountains, mm -hmm. and they were thoroughly exhausted after yeah. day one. Yeah. So we had probably a gentler start mm. and and... As you know, you walk into fitness, you walk into a, a rhythm, mm. um, you walk into your own head, really. Mm. And so it would have to be the most amazing journey I've ever done in mm. my life. I, I do know that the the Spanish people quite often don't cross the border. If they want to start, they'll often start in Montesvalles. Yeah, that's that's sensible. Yeah, yeah that's <laughs> well, yes. Well, we were lucky. Um, well, if you like, um, we, we came uh, when I went, we went the low road. Um, it, the decision was made for us because it was. Um, Arison was closed, oh, and uh, there was a storm there. And yes, and it's a, it's real. I, I think whether you go over the top and whether it's clear or whether it's closed or whether you are able to stay in uh, Arison, I, I think it's a pretty tough trip. And still, no matter what. Mm. So, um, so that yeah, it, it it is pretty hard. You get up very high, about fourteen hundred mm. uh, meters, yes. I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We found it easy to go over because we walked in the fitness coming from the Pui. Mm. That's why we did it. Mm -hmm. um, but just to clarify, though, that was at the end of a different Camino. Yes. Um, we initially walked from Roncesvalles to mm. Santiago. And that was in 2013. Yeah. yeah. But in 2015, we wanted to do another um, long-distance walk, so we actually walked the French... Um, Camino yeah. and started from Le Puy en Belay to St. Jean-Pierre de Port and then over the top yes. of the Pyrenees. 
back to our starting point starting in, in Spain. Yeah. So feel now that we've at least connected the, the dots. Yeah. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, well, you certainly have. Um, now, so just with the first one, what time of the year did you go? Can you remember? April. April, May. Yeah, we, beautiful yeah. time. It was. It was good. It was the start of spring. Yeah. So we could watch the leaves uncurl as we went across Spain. Yeah. Yeah. And the vineyards start to you know, get their buds and that sort of thing. And all the locals, I think, are getting ready for the season, I suppose, which is really quite nice. And, and winter's long, you know, mm. in Spain, isn't it? So... We saw storks. We've never seen storks in our lives, and you no, know, and we were just lucky because it was spring and that was happening. There were young storks in nests. As, did you see them? When well, you... I saw a lot of nests, and I always thought that they might have been eagles' nests, but I'm not sure. But if you look at a lot of bell towers, mm. um, oh, any sort of antenna mm. or in roofs, these huge thatched. Um, nests. Yes. Yeah. Are they still? Are they still? They're storks' nests. Oh we, have, we have never, we've never seen a stork, and um, it's interesting because when the male stork that has been out hunting, and they they often bring back frogs, um, right. and they clatter. It's a mm. it's a real beak clatter yeah. when they approach the nest, and to watch a stork come in and land on this thing, which you and I think is big, but you know. Considering the size so of the bird, it's amazing yeah. that they can land in this nest. Yeah. And um, I saw a couple perched right next to the bell tower. Yes. And I was thinking to myself, wow, you're not going to get any sleep there. <laughs> because I didn't realise how much the bells are still in use. Yes. Mm. Um, and they all have the, an automated system and the bells still go off of on the hour at least, if not on the half. And that would, I'm sure, would wake up those those storks, yeah. They always come back to the same area or the same nests. Oh, yeah, as well. Yeah, that, that was a real treat, yeah. wasn't it? Because, you know, we've never seen storks before. Um, so it was beautiful. Mm. Well, it's, that, that is interesting too because um, they're not known for their conservation of, uh, of wildlife um, in, uh, in Spain. It was quite funny because when we were there, we knew we were walking on Sundays. You, we knew when we were walking on a Sunday because we could often hear the, um, the shotguns going off uh, around us as the hunters were out. And on one particular day, it was very, very early on in the piece, um, we could hear the shotguns and my partner didn't know what they were and I said, no, no, that, that'll be the hunters. And because um, I'd lived in Italy for a while and I love hunting there and we, we could hear them sort of getting a bit closer. And then on one particular time, one shot went off quite, quite loudly and we just sort of listened for a while and then the shower of pellets came down <laughs> around, around us <laughs> yeah so um they they certainly enjoy their hunting i don't know if they were doing that in springtime but that's what we felt too so and the other thing that was beautiful because we started um mid-april mm -hmm. um and we were walking on anzac day and we will be were able to pick red poppies oh. it was just so special um because there were so many red poppies in the fields. And I remember pressing a red poppy in my guidebook. And to this day, it's still very special. Ah. And um, yeah, it was just so significant. 
Really? Yeah, that's. I didn't know that they were at all in in Spain. Poppies. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. The fields yeah. were were quite. You know. They're wild. Sprinkled they're with, wild, with wild poppies. Yeah. And it was very, very pretty. Yeah. So yes, you must have been there in that early springtime yeah. as well. Yeah. And so you arrived into um, this very first one. You arrived into Santiago. Um, what would have been in May, in uh, late of, end of May. Yeah, yeah and we had 30, 34 days, 30 days of walking and four uh, rest days. Wow. And in, that's uh, in the big towns, yeah. That, but that's quick. You got, 27, we have about 27. Wow. How long was it a, a day? Sometimes it's 36. We only look really old. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm impressed. I'm impressed um, because uh, you know the Briley guy, the Briley guy, which yeah. everybody uses. That's thirty-three days of walking. Yeah. And you, you reckon you walked in thirty days? We did, but we walked a very long day one, and when we got to our destination, which was the the place that was used in the the, the movie way. The Way. Oh, yeah. We had no intention of oh, going yes. that far. Now, that is near Larasuona. Yes. It's, it's near there. It's just only about a kilometre further yeah, on. Yes. And if I had have known that it was further on, I would have stayed there too, but we ended up staying in Larasuona. So how was that? Oh, it was oh, great. Yeah. yeah. Great spot there. Good hosts. Yeah. Really good hosts. Yeah, lovely yeah, meal. They filmed there. Yeah. But we, we did not know that was the place until we actually started yeah. on the Camino and mm -hmm. we had no intention of walking 31 days, or, uh, 31 kilometres on our first day, but we did and um, then we thought we've got to slow down, we yeah. can't do this. Yeah, well, you must have been well prepared then because yeah. um, you... We've done a lot of walking beforehand, yeah. a lot of training beforehand. Yeah. And we both used sticks, which helps a lot. At our age, it really helps a lot. I try to tell people who don't use sticks how beneficial it is. Oh. And I use when I do the walking here in Australia, but also when we go overseas, and my partner uses her sticks as well. But because it's hard to quantify how much, you know, even a period of an hour, you won't feel the benefit. Two hours, not really much at all. Three or four hours, you might feel the benefit, perhaps, but it's that six to eight hours of walking. Mm. And at the end of the day, you really feel the benefit of it. But some people just think they don't persist with it mm. and they, they ignore it. And then at the end of the day, collapse in a heap. Mm. Yeah, I swear by it. By it's easy on your hips. Yeah, it really is. It helps you the rhythm as well. Mm -hmm. And uh, you feel a lot safer using a stick. That's the big thing. When you're clamouring up, you know, oh. you can prepare yourself with them. Mm. But where they are probably, where they come into their own is when you're coming down mm. shaly, yeah. uh, steeper slopes yeah. and you can put them out in front of you yeah. just so that you can stabilise. We would never do a walk without them. Mm. Um, and not even one. You see a lot of people who walk with the traditional pilgrim oh. uh, stick um, mainly because I think they think that's what a pilgrim should look like. But um, practically, you know, two poles is really what you want. Oh, yeah, I found that enormously. I didn't really realise early on in this, early on in the piece in that, um, in that Navarra area that um, a lot of the paths aren't that great. No. And um, 
they do throw, oh, they, the shale is there, mm. so coming down into Zabiri, yes. I remember. Yeah. It's like, awful. Yeah. It's awful. Um, with these vertical, sh- I suppose you call them, um, uh, yeah, these, these vertical sheets of, of shale sinking into it. And, of course, everything's worn down around it. So mm-hmm. they're like razor blades that you're dodging mm-hmm. between them. And then they throw those horrible sort of, I don't know if they're beach pebbles or whatever they are, but um, they're also yeah. pretty hard to walk on. Yeah. Coming down over the uh, Alto Perdon, there's about an hour of, of negotiating. Yeah, and I think falling is, the, mm. with a pack on your back, mm. and with a 10 kilometre, if you, if you come a cropper, you really go to hurt yourself a lot. Uh, now, now Dana's laughing here because <laughs> you're recounting a story, I think oh, I can tell. No, I'm going to talk about, about falling with your pack. Well, it, it just didn't actually fall. He, we were exhausted and we were going to sit down on a, on a reasonably low... Um, like a log in front of wall. Yeah. Mm. And anyway, he sat down too quickly and his pack weighed him back and he fell backwards. And look, all I could do was laugh because he was like an upturned turtle. Yeah, that's right, yeah. He's back on the right. Yeah. I, very strong visual image yeah, I can see there. Was, yeah, that's it right. It was so funny. It wasn't really, yeah. but yeah. he was exhausted. And it was hard to get up, wasn't it? Yeah. It was... Well, everything's worse with the pack on, um, rolling your ankle, falling over, um, you know, wind, if, if you're in a windy area, and all of those things are heightened. And so, yeah, I found the sticks so um, beneficial, yeah, really, absolutely. and for the balance. Apparently, I didn't I, someone's told me this, but we spend a fair bit of energy balancing ourselves. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so our muscles are constantly um, readjusting our sense so we stay up in the vertical. And that has a tiring effect on us. Mm-hmm. So again, over an eight, eight hour period, you wanna conserve any, all sorts of energy. Mm-hmm. And um, that's, oh, that's why I, I swear by six in the last, Thing that I think they're great for is that it keeps you straight mm. because um, if you get a little bit sore anywhere, I find um, you'll tend to compensate for that somewhere. Mm. So the knee on one side will compensate and then you end up with a sore ankle on the other side and you think, how did that happen? Because mm. somehow you were favouring it when you should really try and just try and stay in the vertical and stay rhythmically straight, yeah. I think they also keep you more upright, the upper chest, and so the chest more open, and I think it's easier to breathe. Look, I I just, they have so many benefits that Mm -hmm. I could hardly imagine setting out on a walk. And we're we're talking earlier on too about um, the European sort of sensibilities. They um, use them a lot. And I don't know, maybe it's because in Australia we we don't do a lot of this sort of long distance Mm. walking. Mm. You tend to do a bit of hiking, but it's very much in their culture to do it. And it's perhaps in Australia, not so much. I think, I don't know, maybe not. So listen, so when you arrived at San Diego, you must have had a great sense of uh, achievement of that you that you made it um, in front of the church. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it is. Yeah. It's, it's quite an emotional experience, isn't it? Because you get there um, knowing, not knowing what to expect, really. And as I've said to many people, you strip a pilgrim of their backpack 
their sticks, their shoes, their shoes and their shell, and they're a tourist. So you've gone from this amazing journey and you stand in front of the cathedral and you shed a tear and you hug all those people that you've met and walked with and and take the you know the, the necessary photos and then you go to your accommodation you take all this gear off and the next time you go into that same square you're a tourist mm. and you want to put your pack back mm. on again and mm. you want to you want to be a pilgrim again mm. and so I don't think we were prepared emotionally for the for the end it's come so quickly. Yeah. Were you a bit, was it mixed emotions coming in for you? I found um, the first part's sort of fairly physical. First part of the walk's physical. Then you um, get into a stage where you've got to just persevere to get across the Masetta. Yeah. In the last stage, you really should be really calm and all ready to go. You know, just, just cruise along. And you are until you get to... Um, Saria. Saria, when you get all these women... Spanish tourists coming in who want a cheap holiday and want to get to heaven so far, <laughs> and they yabber, 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 and they're all, you know, it's all holiday stuff for them. And you just want to shut up, I just want to be like, <laughs> you know, yeah. you've got into a rhythm, yeah. don't you? They disturb yeah. that rhythm. Just, yeah, it, <laughs> it, does, yeah. it does get busy at that point yeah. in time, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, I, I'm a firm believer that, as you know, the Compostela is given to people who walk the last hundred kilometres. Now, I think we could deter that by making it the last 200 kilometres mm -hmm. and I reckon you would you would eliminate a lot of that mm -hmm. yeah. um, bottlenecking and... Yeah, and, yeah. And, yeah. Um, I haven't even that. from Leon, Leon's 300 really and it's yeah. the last big town um, yeah. and uh, there are some lovely little places between Leon and Saria. Saria, I must admit, I found it a bit forgettable really. Um, I... The, it was the only place that we went. I, I, hopefully, I don't dissuade anybody here from uh, not going to Saria because it's a welcome start because it is a big town after you've been through some small towns. But it was the only town that we went to where the old town didn't really provide much at all. It's up. You've got to climb this enormous staircase to get mm. there. There was no main. I couldn't see a cathedral or a plaza, or I couldn't see. The, and along the, the main, the, I suppose it would have been the, the main drag, if you like, um, the, there was, um, which is quite narrow, all of those albergues were closed. Oh, all okay. of them. Oh. So that's how quiet it was when we were there. So what time of the evening? Oh, we were there in, um, so we, we were there in late, getting in towards late November. So, oh, yeah, it was okay. very quiet. Oh. So it, I wouldn't say we stayed there for two nights, but it was just like the, the, the old mountain is up on the hill because it's, I think it's because it's now become the, the modern place to start. The mm. town around it has swollen quite big and that's on the flat mm -hmm. and we that, that was fine it was lovely there's a you know there's all the facilities at the bottom but generally we stayed in the new part uh, the old part of town and it was I don't know it's it was cold sick. yeah uh, it felt cold not not temperature wise but yes. it was just just there that was it well, stone and stone yeah. and more stone yeah so when people we spent more time in the cemetery looking at that <laughs> <laughs> we else. did we went yeah. to the monastery yeah. Yeah. so where was that I reckon just beyond the cemetery, there was a really old uh, monastery. 
where you could get you could get the stamp. Oh. And. Um, oh yeah, it's at the back. Very, it's a, yeah, yeah. Okay, so you've got to come over the hill. Yes. And they make you go over the hill yeah. um, if you do it. But we, when we realised that we could have just walked because we weren't in the old part, we just walked around the hill because it's quite it's quite big. Yeah. And then okay, it's on the back. Yes. As yes, you, as you yeah. go down and then down to the stream and then okay, yeah, yeah I get that. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it it it's a bit. Disillusioning, isn't it, when you have lots of young people in particular yeah. who are drinking and who, for whom this is just a, a short holiday. Yeah. They're not carrying anything, you know, it's just <laughs> more around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I, I, we, we went at a very quiet time, so yeah, there were a few students and things like that, but um, they, um, you know, it was it was definitely quiet and it did it got a little bit more busier at Zaria but not a lot more as far as we were concerned but I suppose a little bit thing was a, was a bit strange for us was that uh, uh, when you looked when we looked at the book between Zaria and Santiago there looks like there's lots of places to stay but I didn't realize that there, there a lot of them are just pop-up places and so they close oh. very quickly as well oh. so yeah we, that, a lot of them were closed we only really had about one good stop for lunch and then one place to stay and that happened every oh. day yeah see I would I would have said that you were quite out of season yeah yeah um, yeah whereas I think we were. we were at the start of the season mm -hmm. um, I'm not sure what it would be like walking in the uh, the middle of the year, but friends of ours who walked it a couple of months after us, they walked it in September. Yeah. And looking at their photographs, they saw totally different views, mm. whereas we saw the green and, yeah, the, you know, the breeze swaying all the, yeah. the crops. By them, by the time they walked, they'd all been harvested. So they had a much more golden, dry appearance. I would highly recommend the spring. Yeah, yeah, it sounds like, yeah. it sounds beautiful. Yeah, it, it, it was, was yeah. It really was. So. so just getting on now, uh, moving on a little bit. You, you walked from La Puy to Roncesvalles in two thousand and fifteen. Mm -hmm. So how do you how do you compare? Well, it was an eight hundred kilometer trip as well, but entirely in France, more or less. So how do you compare your French versus? your Spanish experience. It's a different experience altogether. Mm -hmm. The uh, landscape was magnificent. You know, nothing like Spain. It's just green, you know, huge hills, that sort of stuff. Beautiful cities you go through or towns you go through, yeah. stone towns. But it was, it wasn't as warm and as friendly as far as people went. A lot of the, uh, the French tend to walk shorter periods, walk in groups, a lot of them have a car to go with them. So they have their bottles of wine, they want to for lunch, you know. They're, they're, they're doing walking for walking's sake, right. okay. It wasn't the same pilgrim feeling uh, as we had on the Spanish one. So it's a really French thing to do then, is it's not as international then perhaps? We didn't find it as international, no. Mm. Not as many people? Yeah. At all? No. No, not, not very many people at all started when we did and walked the whole way. Mm. But it was much more physically challenging, much more physically challenging, a lot more mountainous. Um, and I think we were even no. less prepared for that one because we felt, oh, well, we've done one. This one won't be any different. This one was much more challenging physically. Um, 
and the distances and the were and there were less places to stay, mm-hmm. more expensive than the Spanish one. Mm-hmm. But they were hardly the hostels. They were no. hardly the albergues no. where the food was really good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so the accommodation was obviously better, better but yeah. but more, more expensive as well. That's the thing that we discovered when we we had uh, we between France and Spain. That this is when we, when you go out and we and also where you stay and things. Um, I think in in France it's just not as as many cheap alternatives. No, no. So if you've not. got in Spain you've got a cheap alternative, but you've got a more expensive one too. But most people tend to go with the cheaper one, whereas in French France everything is good. Yeah. <laughs> and you know what the other thing is, we didn't have yeah. a guidebook that we could read. I'd actually contacted uh, Brearley, John Brearley, to say, when are you going to do a guidebook for the, you know, the, the French walk? And he said, I'm not. Um, and so we had to rely on the, the, their Bible, which was called Miam Miam Dodo. Uh, yeah. And it's all French. In fact, you know, the introduction, uh, which is about 40 pages, I even wrote, emailed the, the authors of the book to say, would it be possible for you to um, translate that into English, put it online? I'd be happy to buy that introductory chapter. Never heard from them. But given that, it, its maps were quite good. The accommodation you could work out, it was just hard if you had to book ahead, which you did. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah okay. And conversing in French. The places weren't as big, the uh, places of accommodation weren't as big, it didn't take as many people. Yeah, so you did have to book ahead, didn't you? Yeah. Yeah. And I have heard it said before that the uh, Miami Am Dodo is very French and they do not want to translate it. It's, it's actually a decision. That's a decision that they have made because it's uh, something that they hold very dear to them and, and it's it's a secret shared amongst the French-speaking people um, and it's not translated into other languages. Yeah, well, yeah. They probably got my email and thought, how dare this woman. And so what time of the year did you do that, that one in 2015? We started in May. At the same time, yeah. In late May, actually, okay. because... The French have a lot of holidays in May, right. and we wanted to avoid the, the public holidays. Oh, the dreaded public holidays. Yeah, when you're away, they're them. terrible, yeah. aren't they? Oh, yeah. So yeah. really, it was sort of yeah. around the same time. Around springish time yeah. too, wasn't it? Yeah, mm. okay. And so now lastly, we've got to talk about um, your uh, your Camino for, your Portuguese, which was in 2017, and you uh, a much shorter time this time that you have... Um, Gone from Porto or to uh, to Santiago, and, and how did you enjoy that? I really loved that. That, one. that was yeah. really good. Lovely people. Again, really good food. Accommodation was good. Mm-hmm. Yeah, met some really nice people on the trip. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In fact, we've I think we've thought now that if somebody asked us where to start with their pilgrimage way, right. um, I would recommend perhaps the Portuguese as a starter. It's about 260 kilometres. Um, once you get over the really hard surfaces out of Porto, I mean, it's just cobbled, cobbled and, cobbled. and paved and it's really, really hard on the feet. Yes. Um, but beyond that, the villages were lovely, the people mm. were, were super friendly um, and it was quite 
quite a good war. And do the Portuguese embrace it the same way as the Spanish, or is um, is it as much of a um, in, in their psyche, or is it in in do they have the same sort of passion or feeling for they, it? They prefer to promote the the walk to Saint Fatima. Yes, yes. Saint Fatima. That's that's their priority. Not Which, now that does cross at one point mm -hmm. in time, I hear. Um, now, I'm not quite actually sure where that is, but the, it does cross mm -hmm. or walk along the Camino for a certain period of time, but then goes out. And that's something that they favour yeah, more for. So, is that from Porto then? To no, they they're sponsoring going down to Fatima. Mm -hmm. Okay, it's, it's the main thing. Yeah. Because we want to go up to Spain, they want to come, they're promoting coming down into ah, okay. Portugal. Yes, okay. Yeah. The signage in the Spanish Camino, the signage is magnificent, you know, big yellow arrows, mm -hmm. you can't get lost, mm -hmm. or you shouldn't. Uh, the French one, there's small red, white lines, we'll hook on them sometimes, and you really will be able to at your best to see them all the time. Yeah, just one once. Yeah, <laughs> they have those same red and white markings in just in Navarra uh, when you come. And I never knew what they were, but they are for some sort of local walking well, tracks. Little tags. It's white and red. Mm. Yeah. I could never work them out. The French call them the GR. 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 Yes. GR yes. Sixty-five. I think that yeah, one yeah, was. Yeah. But the interesting thing with the Portuguese one is you walk. From Portugal into Spain, mm. um, at the border towns of Tui and oh gosh, yeah. and so you're actually going from one country to another, yes. and that's quite interesting. Mm -hmm. um, mm. But it, it's still a great Camino, and and for a shorter one, yeah, mm. I'd highly recommend it. So 260 kilometres over how many days was that? We started on the, the first of. June and we finished on the 13th, I think. So two weeks. Yeah, okay. Yeah. And you, you just wanted to, you know, leave it at that that time? Was time a bit of an issue or you just thought, no, we're going to just we leave it? We were walking with other friends yes. and they didn't have the time. Okay. Um, I mean, I know you can walk that uh, Portuguese Camino all the way from Lisbon, mm -hmm. but we didn't have the time really. Mm -hmm. And also Jeff's probably getting to the point now where he doesn't want to do such... Long caminos anymore. Mm. Mm. And um, catches up with you. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's it. Mm. Yeah. yeah. We went to a, on the Portuguese one, we came across a town that had a medieval festival going on. That was magnificent. The whole town was dressed up and stuff. <laughs> Good food. <laughs> well, that's the thing too. If you can go during that time of the year, yeah. um, there are more local activities and things like that, which is really terrific. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I don't think we departed on any pilgrimage with any particular expectations. It was just a walk. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. It was. Mm -hmm. It was a really. Each of them is different, but each of them were special in their own way. Mm -hmm. Really special. I mean. I would walk the, the Spanish one again in a heartbeat. And I would really love to do that one again. Uh, but this time I probably wouldn't use the really. I would stay in between places. Mm. I would walk shorter distances each day. Um, I remember thinking we walked with a little Korean girl uh, for a number of days and Hannah would walk 20 kilometers. And wherever that 20 kilometers took her, that's where she would stay. Mm -hmm. 
And I thought that was a very sensible thing to do. Oh, terrific. Um, So she didn't care whether she was in one of the main towns or whether her friends were stopping there or not. She walked her own Camino. Um, 20 kilometres was as much as she wanted to do in any one day. And she stuck by it. And um, (laughs) I think you have to walk your own Camino. Yeah. Even together, we didn't walk together all the time. We could have been 100 metres apart, we could have been 10 metres apart, Mm -hmm. we could have been together. Mm what pace you wanted that day mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. what you were thinking about mm-hmm. and sometimes you didn't think about anything for some reason <laughs> nothing goes through your mind <laughs> <laughs> oh, <laughs> that's that's the beauty isn't it too yeah now listen I'm just we're going to play out to a break in a, in a moment I always ask people to uh, to choose a song that they have um, that they, is dear to them or reminds them something of about the, the Camino and so Jeff you've chosen <laughs> I can walk 500 miles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Proclaimers. Okay, so we'll, we'll play that one after the break. The, the Proclaimers um, uh, singing there, I, I could walk 500 miles. Okay. That's because 500 miles is 800 kilometres. It is indeed, and you've done two of those, so <laughs> it's, it sticks in your mind. Yeah, it certainly will stick into your mind. Okay, this is the Proclaimers singing uh, 500 miles. When I wake up, well, I know I'm going to be I'm gonna be the man who wakes up next to you When I go out Yeah, I know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the man who goes along with you If I get drunk Well, I know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the man who gets drunk next to you And if I haver Yeah, I know I'm gonna be I'm gonna be the man who's havering to you But I won't walk
Today I wanted to elaborate on a point made by Jeff about the number of Koreans on the Camino, something we too noted on the Camino Frances. When the Pilgrim's Office in Santiago started keeping statistics back in 2004, documenting the recipients of the uh, various nationalities, the Koreans were 51st amongst the nationalities. However, by 2019, they had reached 9th in position, now totalling over 5,000 per year. Now, more Koreans walk the Camino than the Dutch and Australians or Canadians. In fact, in the months of January and February when Koreans take holidays, Korean pilgrims were the number one nationality of all non-Spanish pilgrims. So what accounts for this large increase over the last 15 years? Some say it is a high and rather diverse religious population. Korea is a country where all the major religions of the world, Christianity, Buddhism, Confucianism, Islam, exist peacefully side by side together with shamanism. However, also a heavy dose of popular culture has also gained significant attention for the Camino in South Korea. In 2013, a five-segment reality TV program about five Korean pilgrims walking the French Camino from St. Jean-Pierre-de-Port to Santiago was filmed over 25 days. And in 2018, an exceedingly popular five-member K-pop boy band, G.O.D., an acronym for Groove Overdose, decided to reunite by walking the Camino together from Leon to Santiago. In the same vein, in February 2019, the Spanish national TV news, Antenna 3, filmed a Korean reality television program using three of South Korea's most famous actors working in a Korean albergue. Another reason for the popularity was the awarding of the Americ Picard Prize, and it's awarded to South Korean travel writer Kim Nam Hee for her work in 2000, The Journey of a Woman Alone. This award is named after monk Americ Picard, who is considered to be the author of the 12th century Codex Callistinus, which is regarded as the first pilgrimage guide to Santiago. The winner of the award also receives a handwritten copy of the guide. Lastly, in 2006, a pilgrim from Korea, Sung Myai Suk, created the 426km Jeju Ole route around the island of Jeju after having walked the Camino de Santiago. She noted that her countrymen tend to lead a very busy life, so the route offered an escape from urban life. Su Myun Suk wanted her countrymen to experience the benefits of slowing down and enjoying nature close up. So after having enjoyed the Camino Santiago so much, she decided to create a similar route in her own country. I wonder if that could happen in Australia. here with uh, Diana and Jeff March and we have been talking uh, very animatedly about the their three Caminos that they have been 
on um, with today here at Coffee Camino and I am at the Manhattan Apartments in Rose Lane, Melbourne. Um, we haven't had a coffee yet but that's that's quite alright, it's very late in the day and I haven't had a coffee over the last couple of Camino uh, chats I've had so it's all very well and good, it's uh, it's more Camino than anything <laughs> than anything else so I'm not, don't worry too much about that, it's, it's all well and good. So now Diana. As a part of the long tradition that we have here on Coffee Camino, I have the show and tell. So you've brought in some little trinkets for us to have a look at. What have you brought in? Well, the first is a, a pendant I bought when I completed my very first Camino. It's the um, iconic scallop shell with the cross of Santiago on it in silver. In silver. And it I is a lucky little pendant. For a long time, actually, and it's a very special piece for me. It, I just wanted something iconic that was of good quality that I I would keep. Um, now I'm interested in that. The next thing, the the ring that you've got there. The ring is the. It is a pilgrim's ring, and um, uh, engraved on it says Altria, which I believe was a. Uh, an exchange, much like Buen Camino, mm -hmm. when people, when pilgrims uh, greet each other. Altria, I believe, was the medieval word that they used. And I, I understand that there is actually a song uh, made up yes. about the exchanges and the blessing of pilgrims as they make their way. The ring looks uh, very... Lord of the Rings. <laughs> Lord of the Rings-ish, it does. Altria, it says here, it does look very medieval, doesn't yeah, it? It looks like something out of Lord of the Rings. And it's got the arrow, the scallop shell. Um, it almost looks like a, a snow and sun and wind and rain and all of these. It looks it almost looks all Celtic. The yeah, all the elements. It probably is quite it Celtic. It is. Actually. It is quite Celtic. And it has got all the elements. I can see that on there, engraved on the side of this uh, this ring, Altria. I... I you know, that's something I'll have to investigate too, I think, Diana, the whole notion of the Altria and the Altria ring. Yeah. And, and they're, they're these two little, um, um, what do you call them, trinkets, were given um, to us at the Pilgrim's Mass. Um, one in Roncesvalles, we did the Pilgrim's Mass the night before we walked, mm -hmm. and each of us was blessed mm -hmm. and given a little trinket. And they're the same in um, Le Puy. Um, the morning we walked, we went to a pilgrim's mass in the morning and we were given a prayer card and this little trinket. Yes, I've heard that everybody gathers in there for the morning mass and yeah. that's when they have it. Yes, It's yes. beautiful, actually. It really is. A, I mean, we're not religious people, but it's just that, that initial bonding because you also meet a lot of the people that are mm. going to be on the path mm. with you. Mm -hmm. um, it's it's a spiritual start, mm -hmm. um, and 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 I just wore the trinkets because they were just part of, of the the whole journey for me. Mm. So well, I wanted to ask you about that. You both said you're not religious, but there must be a spiritual aspect of the Camino which appeals to you or resonates mm. with you somewhere along the line. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think you do feel though you're being watched over. Um, I don't feel as though it's a God watching over me. Yeah. Um, but um, 
Yeah, I say I'm not religious. I don't go to church and that sort of stuff. I used to go to church when I was a kid. Um, I believe in you know, Christianity and so on. Um, but on the walk, you get in your own little rhythm and uh, you feel safe. You, um, you feel calm. Um, I think you're able to think of things which you don't normally think about. You don't think about, I've got to pay my credit card, I've got to pay this bill, I've got to go here, go there. That doesn't even enter your mind what's going on. You just uh, concentrate on what is around you. Mm. Um, you even see every snail that goes across the road or every slug you can see. You know, mm. It's amazing where one Irish guy with his mate who's going to pick them up and put them off the tracks so and no one's to step on them. <laughs> yeah, simple things like that. But um, yeah, as far as spirituality, you do feel as though there's something there, mm. something guiding you. Yeah. Um, You've probably heard that they say that the the Camino will provide, and I know some people say, well, look, it's it's purely coincidence. But we both felt on occasions that at a time of need, whatever it was that we needed was there. Um, I felt my father, who had passed away, walking with me because as a child um, he used to tell me about how important dragonflies were and he used to say to me that dragonflies had angels' wings and one day we would all wear dragonflies' wings. And I was followed for, for quite some distance by these iridescent blue um, maybe peacock, turquoise, dragonflies. And um, I was able to photograph them so close up without them moving. And I, I knew in my heart that my dad was with me on this walk. And it was an occasion where I really became just so emotional um, that I stopped and I had to put pen to paper and I actually wrote what is really a lovely poem about my memory of my dad telling me about these angel uh, wings and at the time, um, you know, that he would send me some, some dragonfly wings. <laughs> um, anyway, it was very special. But there were, something else that happened um, was Jeff found an unusual stone on the path. Now, why that stone stood out, I have no idea. And he just picked it up to discover that at the next coffee stop that we had, someone had lost this stone that they were carrying for somebody else. And he was just so relieved that somebody had found this stone um, because he felt that he had um, perhaps neglected his friend by losing it. And mm. on another occasion, we had mm. a, a, a snowstorm in Osobrero and we were walking with an older couple of English people and um, she didn't have any gloves. She was mm. really, really cold. It's so cold up there. And mm. um, anyway, we stopped to sit down for a minute and there at the base of the, you know, the, the uh, log that we were sitting on was a pair of gloves. Mm. And I just said to her, Corinne, these are for you. These were, these were left here for you. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I know people will say, look, that could well be coincidental and... Be what it is. I think mm -hmm. I'm a firm believer that the Camino did provide for mm -hmm. us mm -hmm. at times, whether it was just provided us a space to have quiet 
um, to enjoy all that nature provided to, as Jeff said, you know, be aware of a, a slug that was making its way on a rainy day across a, a, a treacherous highway of, of, of feet, really. Um, or a dung beetle rolling into the... <laughs> yeah. Yeah. For me too, I think there's a lot to connect for the Camino. I think you know, if pure, if you, there's a lot, there's a lot of things to like, and I think that's the thing that I, you know, really find fascinating because all of the things that you've spoken about, you know, the the environment and and the people that you meet along the way, but the solitude as well mm. is really lovely. It might be the history that you connect with, um, the international experience that you get. Um, it might be uh, the uh, the buildings or something that you that draws you in, or you know, some, for some people it could be the food or mm-hmm. or whatever, and um, so other people it could be the freedom. There's there's, there's mm-hmm. it's, it's lovely if you're fit and able and. Um, there's a lot to connect with that, and that's why I sort of feel like it's an immersive experience, and it's a slow experience yes. too. Oh, yeah, slow travel. It it's is slow travel, it and you know, it, mm. it is really therapy for the mind. Um, you know, sometimes it's difficult to deal with nothingness, and it allows you to deal with things that maybe you've you've not wanted to deal with. Mm. I can honestly say that I dealt with some things that I had no idea I would deal with. I came back um, feeling quite confident that I had rid myself of a couple of my um, sorrows, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Um, and and I really do feel as though that weight had been taken off my shoulder. Uh, we did carry a stone. Mm-hmm. Um, we did leave it at the Iron mm-hmm. Cross. Mm-hmm. Um, and that in itself was a really healing experience. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, it's really hard to talk to people about the Camino unless they've done it themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. Because nobody can, can imagine how, how special seeing a field of um, sunflowers might be mm-hmm. or the sound of a, a cuckoo, um, the song of a bird. Mm-hmm. There's no doubt what, just what you see. A lot of times when we travel, we go to see things. Mm-hmm. On the Camino, you sort of go to feel things. Mm. Mm. No, that's that's so true. It really is, and it's a you have to take a long time out of your mm. time, whatever if if you're working or even if you're not working, it's a long, big time out of your timetable, out of your calendar, and essentially you're just walking, and and so you it, you get, become very immersed in the whole thing. And oh look, I. You know, I, I really enjoyed it for those reasons, and I can really see how, you know, they, um, how it had a big transformative um, uh, effect on both of you. And I do have to say, um, and, and never a, a harsh word exchanged between the two of you. No, no, no. <laughs> good. I was just being presumptive. No, we, we laughed a lot actually. Sometimes yeah. we actually played silly games to yeah. pass the time, yeah. and um, but. Mm. Other times, as Jeff said, we didn't walk together. I might have engaged with another couple of people, mm. and he might have engaged with somebody else, and we walked with others, and um, yeah. yeah. And and out of that, we've made some lifelong friends. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Okay, now I do have to ask you about um, a tip 
for I, I haven't been out on the Camino and I'm, I'm asking Diana and Jeff March, you know, oh, I'd really like to go. What, what would you say? Well, what, <laughs> now, I'm going to tell you about something that's really <laughs> intriguing, but one of my tips would be to pack lightly, yeah. really. I mean, we, we did pack lightly, but even seven and a half kilos does become heavier mm. as you journey over those kilometres. Um, but one of the things is, I reckon it was, might have been day two, um, and we stayed at this beautiful hostel, just... Um, past Pamplona actually mm -hmm. and the lady who looks after this hostel looks at every, checks everybody's feet because by that stage people have already got blisters and I can say thankfully I got no blisters on any one of my Caminos thanks to my good shoes but she said to me she looked at my feet and she looked at my shoes and she said your feet sweat a lot and I said yeah they do she says that's not good she said you'll get blisters Anyway, she, she says, I think I have something that can help you. And I'm thinking, okay, yeah. Anyway, she toddled off <laughs> and she came back. And I looked at Jeff and we both laughed and I said, is that what I think it is? She came back with a sanitary napkin. <laughs> I kid you not. And what, and what she did, no. she took out the sole of my, the inner sole oh. of my um, shoe. She wrapped this sanitary napkin around it and she said, these are designed to wick away moisture. Trust me, they will do your feet good. I kid you not, I have told everybody who walks about this. It just wicked away any moisture. It kept my feet dry and as, as stupid as it sounds, it worked. The only thing is, I only had one pair, a uh, two. All right. And when I went to a pharmacy to buy some more, yeah. well, you can imagine, here I am taking off my shoes. I couldn't speak Spanish. You pulled it out of your oh, shoe. I pulled yeah, it out right. of my shoe. Well, the pharmacist just gave me this weird look. Anyway, she knew what I needed, and I bought some. So there you are. If your feet swell, uh, sweat, that's good. I'm glad I'm still recognised. Well, I've had, I've had plenty of tips in the past, Diana, and I must admit I haven't had anything like that before. But I can, I can see the logic well, in all of that. Well, she... Look, she saved my feet, probably. Okay, and now have you employed that uh, in your... In your other communities, because you said that was, every, that was very early on in your first. So with the second and the third Camino, fantastic. Yeah. Okay. And it works. Well, I, I, <laughs> you heard it here uh, um, on, on the Coffee and the Camino. So I do have to ask you also, what's next in the, the walking life of Jeff and Diana March? Have you got any, are there, have you got another Camino in you or something else uh, planned coming up? something different, I think. We have Just talked option. about walking the coast to coast across England. Yes, I've heard of um, many people doing that. As I said, in my heart, I would like to walk the Spanish Camino again, uh, and I may. It might be without Jeff. It, I might walk it with a friend. Um, other people say, don't walk it again. You've, you've done it. You've felt it. Um, what is the point in going back? And then every time I look at my... Um, you know, Pilgrim's Passport, I think I would really love to go back. I'm not as drawn back to France. I'm not as drawn back to Portugal. The spirit of the Camino for me is Spain. It really is. It, 
it just tugs at my heart constantly. It really does. And, and you know, God willing, maybe, I'll do it again. Oh, that's fantastic. I can, I can hear the call of the Camino uh, calling you and um, I'm sure, you know, one t it'll make, you'll make time to do that or have the opportunity either alone or with a friend. And so, you know, I wish you well on that one, Diana. Well, thanks very much for joining me. Um, this, my name is Luke Mills and I've been talking to Jeff and Diana March who have uh, done very many Caminos and uh, thank you once again. Thanks a lot, and you know, mate. Luke, one I would like to do, I would like to do the Aussie Camino. Well, that is another story. Perhaps <laughs> I, should, I can talk you into that, uh, to doing the Aussie Camino one day. Uh, for those people who don't know anything about it, you can look that up, uh, what the Aussie Camino is all about. But um, hopefully you might be able to join me on that one one day too. I would too. love to. I would really love to. Okay. Thank you very much. No worries. Thank Thanks you. a lot. Bye-bye. Yeah.